So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Match B, alongside my critique and finding crime, Carl Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BSB to Billy. Um, so, today, in today's episode, we have uh, three movies to talk about and the season premiere of a, of a show that, um, honestly, I thought was, was never going to come out. I, I thought that, they, you know, the studios behind the scenes would have just kind of given up at the last minute. But right. it's out now, and that, that show in particular is called Krypton. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's the season premiere, which um, aired, I think it was either, I think it was Tuesday, last Tuesday, um, on Sci-Fi. Um, I didn't get around to, to watching it, though, but you saw it, apparently. So right. um, you could share your thoughts on that. Also, a movie that I heard about last year, but I didn't get around to, to watching it. It's a satire, well, a political satire, um, by the name of The Death of Stalin. Yes. All right. Um, I, well, both of us, I should say, on the other hand, we saw um, the film adaptation of the reboot of one of the most popular games of the mid to late 90s, Tomb Raider. Yeah. 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 And um, last but not least, we had to talk about the sequel to one of my personal favorite Guillermo del Toro films, Pacific Rim, by name of Pacific Rim uprising yeah boy oh boy we have some stuff to talk about that uh but before we begin just a little pre-ramble here um a few things that 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 took place like on um well came out on on youtube like for one thing we got the music video for migos uh walk it talk it featuring um drake and before you do is like haven't listened to the album before um which was a huge chore for me to sit to listen to, honestly, because uh, yeah, that album was pretty damn long, but yeah, okay. it was it was twenty four tracks. It was it was ridiculous, like an hour and forty five minutes of Migos. Like nobody asked for that, but I mean, I get the I understand why when you think about it from a marketing perspective, because it's all about well, for one thing, they have enough hits there for, um, to last for the whole year. For one thing, right? They could just put a a, a hit song. Oh really? Because I I thought it's like only two or three good tracks on that whole thing. Well, I'll I'll get to that right. So, this, so right. that's one thing, and then also too because of Spotify now they will get more money based off of the the songs that are based off the amount of songs that they have on the album. So this is like a trend. Right. So the more songs that you stuff into an album, then the more clicks or views or whatever it is or hits, sorry, you get on Spotify. So. As a gimmick right. now, apparently, it, 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 well, apparently Migos is going to make a lot of do to that. I personally don't like it. I like my albums to be cohesive and to a certain length. I don't want to be listening to an hour and 45 minutes of the same stuff. You know what I mean? Right. But, um, yeah. But to me personally, I don't want to go into like a random um, album review. Personally, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Like, there were, there were a lot. There were, there, were, there were some tracks that I just really didn't care for. And the odd thing about it is that one of those songs that I didn't care for was this song here, Walk It Talk It. Yeah. The first couple of times I listened to it, swear to God, I, I, I fell asleep when I heard that chorus. It was just so dull. And the beat itself sounded like some kind of a lullaby, like, doom, 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 yeah. doom, doom. It had this lullaby kind of vibe to it. And Drake didn't help things neither. <laughs> no offense. But then that music video came out, and I was like, I kind of like this song now. Right, the, like, the video is yeah, the video is pretty well clever for the most part. It just yeah. it does this kind of take on a soul train, same kind of camera look, um, same coloring, same video format, aspect ratio, all of the just replicate everything, and then everybody dress up looking ridiculous and dancing ridiculous. You know, so, especially Offset. <laughs> oh my. God. Yeah. You know? Um, but one thing though that is only really when I watch it the second time I realize this, 
The video is set to 480p though. Yeah, that was it. Everything yeah. basic and you know, aspect ratio, formats, everything. Mm-hmm. They copy, um, they copy everything. Yeah. yeah, and even have a couple of comments. Like if you scroll down, if you were to look at it right now, and it's a um, try watching one forty four p, it look like some other of a VHS tape. I did yeah, it. I essentially. Like, well, yeah, it, it, it actually does. You know. Right. Yeah. But I don't know that that video was just hilarious to me. Seeing Drake was hilarious. Offset right. dance, it was hilarious. But it was just fun. But it's something to me that, like on paper, it wouldn't work. But somehow, because because it's really Migos and. Drake now, especially Drake who is like meme worthy, because they yeah. just could have fun and be goofy on screener. To me, that's what makes the video work. Right. So they don't care. They know they're gonna make a ton of memes out of it, but whatever. It helped them gain. Um. Well, it helps in in spreading the word around, and you know they they love that kind of stuff. You know they feed off of that. Right. Yeah. So I I I I honestly really enjoyed the video, and now I could say I I I, I like the. The um the song itself just a little bit more, and I'll confess now it's Marine Tone. <laughs> okay, well. yeah, because it just because the, the chorus, I mean, as dull as it is, is quite catchy. Let's be real. Cool. Yeah. Um. Second thing. Uh. Well, second big thing that that took place in YouTube, uh, the release of uh the Deadpool two the trailer, um Tuesday, well yeah. last Tuesday time of this recording I should say. Um, quick thoughts on the the um, on the trailer. What were you thought about it? Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, yeah, much much better than I expected because I was I was kind of worried about this movie, um, especially in, in hearing little weird little rumors involving some early screenings, and then well, the nobody one of the stunt women died. Yes. On set, I was unfortunate. Uh, so I was worried about this movie being being working to second one. But yeah, this trailer looks like a lot of fun. Um, Zazie Beats, she looks great. Huh? Uh, on on as um Domino, so I want to yeah. see what they're gonna do with her. Um, she looks she played the thing as the Domino character, supposed to be kind of crazy and off of off the wall. Right. So she she plays a kind of straight character compared to the more ridiculous figures that like much like in a uh, uh Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But um I don't know how they're gonna have a play off of Deadpool because Deadpool is supposed to be the, the ridiculous character. So I don't know how they're gonna have a play. But yeah, she's just played the kind of straight character, the cynical jaded one. Right. Um. Um, nigga Sonic teenage warhead. Uh, teenage nigga Sonic warhead. I think comes comes back. She's yeah, back. back. Uh, Colossus, Colossus has yeah. come back. Yeah, they, um, in fact, they doing they doing a bunch of escort character characters. So um, they call him um, Terry Crews. Although he looks more like the brother character, Terry Crews comes back. Yeah, uh, well, he, well, he, well, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, Terry, Crews, Terry Crews play, comes in as I should say. Sorry about that. Uh, but who's who's uh, the character? Um, um sh- uh, uh, the name of the, the guy. Right? I think I forget his character name. Yeah. Uh, it's like a side character, a small, relatively small Marvel character. So, like, I want to see what they could do to do. Make a bunch of jokes. Uh, one big surprise about the trailer is uh, T.J. Miller. I thought he would have been cut out entirely given all the shenanigans uh, we've been, he's been accused of. Right. Uh, I thought they would have cut him out of the movie entirely. That is one big part of why I was worried about the film as well. They probably had to do a bunch of reshoots around him. But nope, he's in the film, so cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, and of course, Josh Brolin as Cable. Of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, well, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the trailer as well. It reminded me, I think it's the is either the first or the second trailer for the first movie, and the one I had DMX um, X gonna give it to you. In this yeah. case, they use El Cool J, Mama Send Knock You Out, which um, yeah. still a brilliant song in my opinion. I think it works perfectly with the trailer. Um, I, lo- right. I love the meta humor here, where it's like you know, well, it's a sequel, so it's kind of less than like we might have another film, and um, how these new characters might get um, spin-off movies. They do just all right. these little random little. T- Bits and just bits and pieces of, of, of meta humor. I love that. 
Um, it, it looks pretty badass. I mean, we could expect that. A lot of crass humor, you know, all that kind of stuff. All these stuff that we expect from a Deadpool movie. But what I'm just worried about, maybe not as much as all that, but I'm just worried that, you know, the whole R-rated vibe of it might get a little too um, monotonous or, you know, redundant after a while. It's just like, well, yeah, we just like a rinse repeat kind of thing instead of doing anything right. smarter but what I loved about right. the first film in particular is that um, as vulgar as it was it really was make, poking a lot of fun at superhero movies at the time and how quote unquote cliche and standard they were I mean admittedly they were so it just kind of just took um, poked fun at all of that you know to me right. that was like the secret sauce amongst everything that took place in the movie here I'm not sure what we're going to get here with Deadpool 2 uh, for one thing, I don't know if Cable will be like the ultimate antagonist here in the film. It kind of comes off like that. I'm not too right. sure who's this little kid that he's trying to hunt down. Right. Yeah, this yeah I don't know. Show read up more Cable and X Force and X Men comics from it to, to understand. I don't know. Um, right. But yeah, other, other than that, I, I just can't wait to see this movie do it. I mean, I'd be hard pressed to find anybody who would watch this show and be like, I am not excited to see this show. Right. All right. Uh, yeah. So moving along now, now we're gonna get to um, to TV shows now. And well, in your case, you saw the season premiere of our uh, Krypton. I wasn't too sure whether I should jump into it now uh, because I'm done trying to keep up with the CW stuff at the moment. And you know, it's kind of interesting that this show here, because it's within the DC universe, um, it's not in the CW as yet. It's in uh, it's on the Sci-Fi Network. You know, uh, maybe you know the stuff behind the scenes why it ended up there. I don't know. But, right. um, you just want to jump in and um, to share your thoughts on season premiere of Krypton. Yeah, so it's Krypton is okay. So basically, I'm not sure the exact story going on, but basically, they just kind of you know, it's Goya um, has a little history and material in terms of expanding on DC law in his own workable way. Um, he's the one who's largely responsible for all of that Krypton stuff in the beginning of Man of Steel yeah. that came out in 2013, which wasn't that bad, or well, it had a set of dumb bullshit in it. Uh, but, but it was but not it was bad. A, but it was like it was like a really, I don't want to say unique, but um, it was it was the okay. Probably one of right. the most memorable depictions of Krypton I've, I've ever seen on screen, to be honest. Right. Yeah. And so the issue is that um, the what he decided to do is say, well, it's not particularly clear, but it's supposedly in roughly something similar to the DCU um, as it is. But I don't think it's in the DCU universe. Um, so what happens is that they basically decide to expand on that, that um, whole backlog of Superman and say, okay, let's go back to Krypton, but you're going back about, you know, about uh, 100 years, 150 years before the birth of Clark Kent. Oh, the birth so of Kalen. Oh, okay. Right. So everything was kind of centered on the birth, or the eventual birth of Jor-El. Oh, sorry, of Kalen. No, well, Kalen, no, right. So how it is, it's, it's the main character, Sigel. Um, story starts with him as a child, and Sigel is Superman's grandfather. Right. Uh, we know we, why I say it's about 100 so years because we know Kryptonians live about 120 some or so years so we ain't sure when exactly who was born and when mm-hmm. um, that's why I already that's why I, if about 150 years I wanted, I wanted to speculate doesn't matter um, point is so the story starts where it's Sigel as a little kid and his grandfather is executed for the crime of basically well it's implied that uh, Krypton has some kind of religious uprising of some sort and the grandfather is a scientist and he basically makes the very blasphemous statement of you have other life on other planets oh my That's god no yeah yeah <laughs> so they, they apparently now discover that aliens exist to them right 
from their perspective and the story now builds from that so it's they, they jump about uh, 10 years or so after that and uh, he's like a I don't know he's like in his late teens early 20s you know, to clear on his ages and they have him well okay because of what the grandfather did they lost their name as, as L so they don't have a title anymore and they're very, very poor they live in the kind of the bottom kind of the, the gutter they're barely making it and meat and they have him they have Sigel character um kind of hustling with his friend in the bar for money and all these little shenanigans he gave into a fake fight and the fake fight was set up to make more money a little, little shenanigans little jokey stuff right um then they, they cut to i think the security forces slash house of zod so you get to see zod zod side of things and it's a girl named Olura zod hmm. and yeah and so it's well it's not necessarily related to zod directly but it's zod as in the clan Zod or the house of Zod. So there's a whole bunch of people. Oh. Uh, then she she's chastised by her mother through a training session. And oh the, the I forget the mother's name. I think the mother's name is Alura. Uh, if I remember correctly, I'm probably getting that wrong. I think the mom's name is Lura. Uh, I don't know if you remember one of the black um, Amazons in Wonder Woman. Oh, she, oh she's the, the actress. She's in it. Yeah, I forget the actress name. It's uh, Aunt something. Anne Umbogoyo or something like that. And she is the like the head of security forces on um planet krypton right and so the story goes itself and then a mysterious stranger who looking kind of weird yeah who's dressed in weird clothes that he's weird for krypton confronts sigel through through some like on in a street brawl because you have to get run into some people and then what ended up happening is that he is it's revealed that this guy is from not only from the future but also from earth huh it's implied that someone come back from the past to basically do a Terminator type wiping out of, of Sigel or somebody in the in the L family to make sure Superman isn't born ever. Oh, that's, that's the idea. So that's the story. And then what happens is that he, give, he gives Sigel a key, and the key is to lead us uh, outside of the city because they were living in the city of Kandor, which is a big little comic book reference. Mm-hmm. And he sends him to. So the mom, it's implied that the mom also knew. His mom also knew what was going on, and then he had a bunch of drama in terms of. Uh, I, I just tell another whole story, pretty much. But basically, the mom sell out the whole story with respect to the fortress. They couldn't find the key, but they get the key from the future anyway. And basically, what it was is the fortress of solitude redesigned, and it's not. It's implied that it was just the fortress of solitude is a, is a house of L design, not a Krypton design in general. Right. So they, they do that, which is kind of that is a nice little take. And then the ending is pretty much where the mom and the father dies because of they had to hide the hide the existence of the house, the, sorry, the fortress, and protect um, the son life, the Sigel's life. And the story starts back where this guy Adam Strange, Adam Strange is a character from the comics. Right. He popping in and out from the future, so he kind of stay indefinitely. Um, so he's come back ever so often to help out Sigel solve the problem of what the hell going on with his time travel stuff. And then, well, he just revealed that um, Brainiac is coming, right? Ooh. This destroyer of worlds, Brainiac is coming. It's pretty much the end of that. Um, uh, well, well, they have a little backstory involving, um, well, remember in Manasi, they had the whole Burton Chamber stuff? Yeah. Right. So in this, they have that same thing where everybody have, they have um, arranged marriages and arranged boots. And this person joined this family and they, they forced Sigel to join another family. So his name wasn't Sig L necessarily, it's Sig. I think Vans or something like that. Um, then 
he so he doesn't have the L name just yet. Right. Um, but this didn't get it back. Then um, he's in love with the other girl who you're not supposed to because she's supposed to marry somebody else, the Zod girl. But he having sex with her on the side and he kind of sneaking about, but the mother kind of figured it out anyway. And it's kind of kind of open secret in a sense, so you're not sure what's going on there. And that is pretty much it. It's just a lot of drama and everybody. It's all Shakespearean, but it's alien world, Krypton. And uh, overall, it's not that bad. Okay, um, but, but this story well, that you described to me, um, does it work? Okay, so the thing is, it's the first episode is a pilot. So as a pilot, it's not the worst thing ever, but yeah, it, it falls a little flat. But it's the usual pilot problems. It's right. you know not 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 the best editing. It kind of stitched together, not particularly well because it's still kind of finding the footing. Um, I it's not bad, but it takes itself a little too seriously. And you know, given given the, the track record of the movies, I kind of worried about that. So anything anytime I see DC taking itself too seriously, you're worried that they're gonna get a product that's not so good, right? Except yeah. unless it's Nolan, right? Yeah. And the big problem is, well, David S. Goya, right? Um, what, L2 head up his ass kind of thing? You remember he's the worst thing since, he's the worst thing for the material in a long time, right? Um, he's the one who penned Batman with Superman. And he, he did. He, he did. <laughs> right. How could we and yeah, so he's doing, he doing this, he's pretty much the kind of lead, well, I think lead writer slash lead creator of this, I think, if I remember correctly. It probably correct me on that, but he's like, heavily influenced in the creative direction of this. Mm-hmm. And that helped me worry. So, you know, this could be good and it could start good and then they'll just royally fuck it up when things now getting good because it's Goya style, from my opinion. I'm somebody who doesn't really defend Goya at all. Um, but yeah, I just kind of worried about it in that sense. I, as a pilot, it gets about a 6 out of 10. It's not the worst thing ever. It have its moments. Um, the main lead himself, not particularly good. I think he was kind of felt flat. Um... I already like I, he doesn't really have any good screen presence for me, but uh, he might grow on me eventually. The actual central premise isn't bad. Um, right, well, that, that was that was worried about. Like, if overall the the the, the setup, the story itself, does this right. make sense? Well, it, really? Yeah, no, it works for the most part. The central premise isn't half bad. Yeah, the time travel stuff and you know the you know the Superman as John Connor thing is is decent. Not not the worst thing ever. They have some interesting little character mysteries. Like, you have this character called the Voice of Rao. He was the person who is responsible for um, killing uh, so, um, sorry, Sigel's grandfather uh, back in the story. And that's kind of cool on its own. And so it's, uh, it have a couple of theories of who he is and, you know, who because you haven't seen his name, he hasn't said anything but he's somehow commanding a lot of influence on Krypton, okay. right? Which is weird. So you're like, how, how is he doing this? Who is this guy? And he never sees his face. He does have this weird genus looking mask on which actually looks, from a set design standpoint, Costume design standpoint looks actually pretty cool. Um, yeah, I am very nonplussed about it, right? I don't hate it, but I'm nonplussed. I'm just like, uh, okay, I watched it. It, it kind of fall flat. I'm not, not too excited, but it could go somewhere with, in the right hands. Unfortunately, you have Goya, so I doubt those hands are the right hands. That's pretty much it. I, I, you know, I already have nothing to say other than that because it's just a first episode. Yeah. I, right. It's, it's a kind of a promising start. Uh, but again, if those movies didn't exist, and I saw this, I'd have probably been hyped a little more. But those movies exist, and you know, they kind of poison the whole world for me. Uh-huh. But anytime DC taking this out too seriously, especially with the big law stuff, right? Uh, especially with Superman. So yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'll 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 check it out. But uh, I I have a feeling I'm gonna take my sweet time to do so. Like I don't yeah binge. Uh, I'll probably watch it um after like a f- three four episodes come out. I'll 
you know, try to play catch. Right. I, I, I might do that myself. I get a feeling I will just like wait till the season end if if I if it get good word I'm out. Um and people say, hey, can I try that? Could it? Okay, maybe. I'll probably give it a chance. Yeah, I am. But right, God forbid because, if, we, if we get a, um, a inhuman style disaster. No, it, know, it, yeah, no, it, no, it's that bad. Um, I can't in good conscience say it that bad. It, it actually has structure and, and coherency. And, and you actually, again, you kind of care what the characters, you know, hate, hate everything you're going on. It's just, it's, but it, it's solid. It's fine. It's fine for now. Okay. Um, again, again, DC does have such a shit track record with taking this out so seriously. Um, you know, it's not particularly funny. Not the, most of the humor doesn't really um, work all that well, so I don't really fight that out. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So moving on to a movie, like I said at the beginning, um, I heard about, I heard some stuff about it, um, but I just didn't get around to seeing it. It's called The Death of Stalin. Um, yeah. But just found out this actually um, on the Wikipedia page right now. It's um, right. directed and co-written by a guy called Armando Ian- Iannucci. And uh, for those who don't know, he is the creator of a show that I just now finally jump on the bandwagon, um, HBO's Veep. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, so so pretty much, uh, it's it does that that style of political satire. Yeah. With this, except except what it does, it's right. So it's much like with Veep, is this this biting black comedy almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine yeah. humor is like real brutal as well. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty brutal, but because you know, it's kind of but it works. Each is very, very brutal, but for the right, as yeah. well, yeah, right. But it, it, it works doesn't work as good as well with B because well, most notably because these characters, well, especially these actors, um, don't have as much good chemistry with each other as in B, right. uh, but it's still pretty good. Um, and it, it does a biting satire of the Soviet Union because when when the Soviet Union was bad, especially under Stalin, it was pretty bad. Uh, Things were so dark, and and the context of everything was so super disturbing. But, um, but this this worked really really goddamn well for me. Um, okay. Easy one of cool. the best black companies I've seen in a while. Wow. Uh, nice. Yeah. It's it's really it's funny, but it's subtle. Like you have to notice little shit in the background and stuff going on in the context, like stuff in your face about some things, especially when it comes to the violence. Uh, and then other things are just subtle. Like you have to know what to look for. Um, in terms, of, especially in terms of dialogue and. And one of the things about um, the Soviet Union, when things got rough, uh, is the whole people censoring themselves, or at least knowing how to censor themselves and who to be comfortable around when it comes to manipulating power. Uh, especially, well, so the, the show mostly revolves around um, Nikita Khrushchev. Um, this is played by Steve Buscemi. All right. Uh, yeah, he's actually pretty, and it's pretty well done. I was kind of, I was kind of confused as who it is because Nikita Khrushchev was kind of uh, much, I think, a little, little fatter. But this is our younger Khrushchev, so I suppose that's the idea. Um, it's basically a wrong Stalin's circle at the time of, of his death. And remember, the thing with, with Stalin is that because of the nature of his power and, and the propaganda and all the news, it's very unclear as to how exactly he died. So what they decided to do is say, okay, uh, they decided to just tell that story of how he died. And it's just, this, they cobbled together this narrative and then done in, in the context of political satire. Um, what they do is I forget who played what else, but you could just get out of this. But right, it's well, I'll I'll check it up here on the PHA again. Well, you see, good to get have it up. Uh, so okay. there's Simon Russell Beale, there's Paddy Considine, uh, Rupert Rupert Friend, um, Jason Isaacs, right. uh, yeah, Palin, Palin, whatever, and Jeffrey Tambo. Right. And so it's right. So based this... off of a, a French graphic novel. Wow, look at that. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's based on the right. Yeah, exactly. So while Jeffrey Tambor plays um, Mal- Malankov, uh, he's most notable in the storyline because he kind of takes over in solid space for a little while. Um, it does have the working paradigm of um, just power and control. So the story starts with, with a concert. And the concert is, is everybody playing the concert, playing, playing the concert, and then right after the concert ends, or at least right about when the concert ends, Stalin calls them. And Stalin asks if they have a, a um, if they have a recording of the show. Uh-huh. And he says he wants a recording of that, that performance tonight. And he asks them if he recorded the performance, and they say no. So they had to rap, not only they had to um, replicate, uh, do over the entire show, but they had to get the audience to stay as well. Immediately illustrate, now, the scene is done really, really well. I, I'm not describing it particularly well for you right now, but it's just the subtleties of all the nervousness and, you know, you're wondering if who listening to who over to, because, you know, the people are being bugged and constantly recorded as if they're not um, in line with the party now. Because everything is about testing party loyalty. And he had constant lists of kill lists that Stalin had. So if you're on a list, you're dead, and men will just disappear overnight or go, go sent to the gulags. Um, you know, it's, it's super disturbing of what went on under Stalin, right? And this movie illustrates that that culture of fear, but it does uh, it's such a biting satire. It really, really works. Um, then, well, the story starts where, um, you're right, so the, the girl who's the pianist, she didn't, he hates Stalin, right? She's religious, which is a big thing under, under Stalin's communist rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hated him. She sent, she sent a note to him. She slipped a note when the, the thing was recorded. And so he got the record and he, he, his note slipped out. And he read it. And right when he was reading it, he, um, he, dropped, he pretty much dropped on his ground and he died. But what happened is that because of the nature of Stalin, the, the two soldiers, they heard him fall down, but they, didn't, they, had, they were so afraid that they, didn't decide to, they decided to not go in. Uh, and it's only until the, the maid, I think, who came in at 17 in the morning, she um, discovered him being lying on the ground from all, hours up on end. Uh. Right. So it's, everybody was afraid of being, making a mistake. Uh. So yeah. it's all these little... Right, and why, why it works so well? Because it had such a culture of fear, you had a bigger culture of incompetence. Um, <laughs> another, thing, uh, another thing under Stalin is that you had what you call the doctor's, the doctor's conspiracy, or the doctor's plot. Right. And it was... This anti, generally anti-Semitic plot, but it was really, he's worried that doctors may, may be planning to kill him. So he, he rounded up a bunch of doctors and, and, and exile, either exile or outright killed a bunch of them. So basically he had a, 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 a brain drain by, by violence and a bunch of lack of expertise with, in, medical, in the medical community under him now. Mm-hmm. And so when it's time to help out Stalin now, he gets some of the worst doctors to come and help out. Um, and it, it, it really works in terms of, and then eventually the story leads into the funeral and it just goes into the, the power dynamics of everybody trying to fill this gap with Stalin's death now. And that's the sheer culture of fear and sheer culture of incompetence that builds into the whole thing. Uh, Steve Bajani leads the storyline. I forget who's played the, the other guy who was the real, real psychotic type. Um, he was great in it. Um, Stalin's daughter was great in it. His son was great in it. Um, my boy Jason Isaacs, he was hilarious. He was the head of the army. Uh, he was fucking hilarious in this. And everything was just so well done and put together. Again, yeah, it's the guy who made Veep. Yeah, you're going to get that biting satire of a political process and, and political machinations. And yeah, I, I thought this movie was excellent. I didn't expect to enjoy this so much. I thought it would be good. It had people I liked in it. You know, I really like Jeffrey Tambor. I really like Jason Isaacs. Uh, you know, I like to see these guys in action. 
And yeah, it just thoroughly, thoroughly worked for me. I'm just gonna give my rating quick. I gonna give this uh, an IMAX, just a solid IMAX. Uh, oh, actually, really, really okay. like this. Yeah, actually, really, really like this movie. It's, it's, uh, give it a pretty high score on average. It, everything it was funny. It it fell perfectly in line with my style of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is and it, that that nice back um, biting satire to everything, and it totally works. Um, it it flows quite well as well. And I think because I'm not a big fan of Veep, right? I actually not, not the biggest. Me. I mean, it's, right? It's, I'm not the biggest it's, fan of Veep. I, it's, it's, it's for some for some reason the other just can't get into it. Um, I don't know why. I'll probably get into it years later and, and probably enjoy it. But I, for now, it was whoever reason. All right. I well, just can't well, well, well for me, sorry to cut you, but for me because I'm, yeah. I'm not, I now got into it. I think it's because personally, I'm not that big, that much into politics now. So they uh, yeah. a lot of stuff, and I'd be like, okay, well, I, I imagine if I was an American, if I used to watch Fox News and CBS, sorry, CNN a lot, I'd understand what's going on. But I just like it because it kind of just shows just how stressful and just right. ridiculous the job is. But um, the question I was going to jump into here now is that I'm, I'm warning now that uh, do you have to have like uh, knowledge of the history of Russia, uh, especially with um, a little bit, a little, little bit? Actually, well, the thing is, at the time uh, uh, watching it, I was actually you kind of have to have a little bit just to get working context of what's going on. Um, but at, at, at the time of I not not knowing I was going to get into the movie at, at this time, I just I just get invited to the screen with some friends. Uh, what happened is that I was doing research on the Soviet Union at the time for for writing purposes, and. It just so all my knowledge was working at the time, just being aware of the history and the narrative. So everything was extra funny to me, I suppose. Oh, um, okay. In that way, now, um, yeah. Again, you, it's just the, the, you have to political context matters, and you have to know how and when to do a particular style of political context to make it work. Um, and that's why I can't get into it because you kind of know enough about American paradigm to see such a one-sided take on these jokes. Not that funny. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, but with with this, this works so much well as with the context of the, the writing and and the approach. I yeah again I I really recommend this. I thought it was it was hilarious and great. Um, uh, but overall, uh, yeah, I had it give a pretty high score. I could see I could see if you're not into the history, if you, if you don't know history enough, you, you may or may not like it because you won't see the supposed subtleties and layers of the jokes. But yeah, it worked for me and I thought it was great. Okay, all right, well that's yeah. that's cool, man. Um. I don't know if I'll give it a, a, a look, but I'll I'll make the effort one day. Yeah, and no, I give it a chance. I mean, it, it's still it's still funny on its own. It's still have great comedy beats on its own. So it's not like it it you need to need to be that knowledgeable. But yeah, if you are not to fully appreciate, I'd imagine you probably need to know a little something. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're moving along now to um to two theatrical releases. Um, the first being Tomb Raider. And the yeah. second one, which you're going to see for last, uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. So we started with Tomb Raider, right? So my, my history with, with, with Tomb Raider, I would confess, um, I never really got around to, to playing the um, the PlayStation games in full. Like, um, remember, right. remember when PlayStation 1 came out and you used to have like the demo CD, right? Where you used to have like a little couple of levels of, of particular games. Like they have Bloody Raw, they'll have um, Metal Gear Solid, you know, those kind of things. So, yeah, yeah. I yeah, remember demo. playing like a little bit of the Tomb Raider game at that time, but I never sat down and played the full Tomb Raider 1 right. or 2 or whatever it is, right? However, though, um, knowing that this movie was coming out, I finally sat down and played the 2013 reboot of Tomb Raider, which I absolutely love. I love the gritty survival approach it. Um, yeah. it. It does live up to its M rating as well. I love the design that they do for, for Lara Croft. 
make her very vulnerable, less of a of a um, sexual object, and more of just somebody who would just go beyond the limit to survive. Now, I really love that about about the game, um, and just these situations that they put you in in the game, though, just a lot of nail biting, white knuckle moments, though, that just had me on edge, though. So it was it was a, it was a blast from start to end. Um, I haven't gotten around to playing Rise of the Tomb Raiders yet, and I know that there's a new one coming out um, sometime in September. I think it has something to do with a soul eclipse. That's what I that's why I gathered from the um, the Facebook um, profile pic there at the moment. But I yeah. do love this reboot. I do love the idea of this reboot because say what you want about the pixelated um, Lara Croft from the from the you know mid to late nineties, she was yeah. still an iconic video game character. Not just because right. she was a woman, but because of what she was doing. You know, she was the female Indiana Jones, and I love that with the reboot here. It's more or less like reshaping it for the, you know, for the new generation, for the Me Too right. generation, basically. Uh yeah. So I, I, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I used to have it on the, I used to have the demo. I already bought the third game in the franchise, but I had the demo. Uh, used to play the, the Tomb Raider two demo, and yeah, I played a lot of that because at the time it was pretty impressive tech. Uh, you know the whole 3D. It was one of the big first big 3D games. The camera used to move around so dynamic. Yeah. You had a lock-on feature. You could have swim, uh, and you could have do all of that. I thought it was pretty cool on its own. Uh, I personally didn't really get the whole her being super attractive because she, she uses a blocky mess to me. I, I know, but, right? But I, yeah, I, but I, I, apparently yeah, a lot of people of, was into that because of how busty she was. I think that was like apparently, you know, yeah. and the short pants, of course. So yeah, right, apparently. But it's like, all right, who says so? But then uh, they did the Angelina Jolie movie, the first one, yes, and yeah, she's to be one, and that that yeah. one really sold the the um the sex appeal of the character, and of course, right, Angelina right. Jolie was like the perfect fit. Like I don't know, yeah. the only reason to watch that movie now is just to to ogle at, <laughs> at, at right. Angelina Jolie. You know what I mean? Because she looked hot in it. Let me let me read it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Movie itself, because uh, I actually rewatched yes. that and the Cradle of Life um as a recap now. Because honestly. I last time I saw those movies were uh, when they actually came out, and boy, that first movie does not age well at all. Right, right? I, I remember, I remember kind of liking it at the time, but yeah, it was a mess. Too, too, because you were yeah. young and it was I right remember, after the Matrix, and it was that right. late nineties action vibe. But um, like a like a YouTube film reviewer once um, said for that movie, it was right before um, you know nine eleven took place. So right. that's where things, you know, it was like this huge paradigm shift and it can't right. just be all fun and cheesy with your action movies. You got to be right. a little bit more conscientious, a little bit more serious. And right. when the Creole of Life came on, and I'm not seeing that Creole of Life is a result of 9-11, but what I'm seeing is is that with that one, they try to be a little bit more serious. Um, there, there was, um, Jared Butler was in it. I actually forgot yeah. he was in this movie. But the thing is with me, though, is that the first 15 and last 15 minutes was where we got the tomb reading. While the first one yeah. had the advent, had the blend of action and adventure, you had the adventure stuff in the beginning and the end, and then all that chunk in between was just a swell I was watching James Bond. Like, this was the Angelina Jolie James Bond film. And then, looking at both movies now today, it, it, it's, it's clear that they was trying to push Angelina Jolie to be this action hero. And right. luckily, she kind of got that with a movie that I actually enjoy, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Right. And, uh, well, further on with a movie that I wanted to like, but it just real baffled me for some weird reason because of just how convoluted it was. Um, salt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that, was, that, that came was some convoluted to... stuff. But I was just like, what, what? Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but about the movies, though, your your thoughts on the the Lara Croft movies? Yeah, yeah. I I was um I I as I said, I kind of like the first one. It it got a lot right at least visually. 
but then it got so much so much things wrong um it was just kind of the main plot was kind of dumb that will you know with this pyramid and it had a he had a something that went to another dimension yeah, it was the it was, Nati, it was something about some time. nonsense was, yeah and they already had this time to do this thing and right okay, and they didn't that's the problem with the script they didn't need to go so high also it was surprisingly sloppy at times oh, uh, looking back at it and it has like some really bad set design i remember a lot of that but yeah at the, at and, the end of the day CG, it was about CG, yeah right by the end of the day it was all about um, Angelina Jr. I, I thought she totally looked the part she looked like oh, you know lara yeah, croft on screen the big lips and the big eyes and the you know the big boss and she had the same physics you know from the game it's yeah. like oh if they could do that video game series uh yeah and i kind of put on power the first model combat in a sense you know it yeah, it's one of those it pleasure look. movies that you exactly like because yeah you could tell that they were having fun and they were trying to see right. the fun of the game but one thing, right but just one last thing about the the first movie that that kind of surprised me watching it again with a retrospective eye um was the humor though like Right. had this kind of dry, I guess, British humor to it. The way right. how lines were delivered, the way how Angelina delivered her lines, how the, how the other characters delivered their lines. It was just like really dry. Now. It wasn't like Americanized where it's, okay, we have to telegraph this joke here. We have to be all animated about it. It was just this kind of, right. yeah, <laughs> and move on. Right. And I thought that kind of didn't work for the film, you know, because it is yeah. technically an American game. So, and, right. Uh, I remember seeing the sequel though. I remember seeing the sequel for it. Uh, what were you thought about the sequel? Terrible. Like, easy, <laughs> horrible sequel. Didn't make any sense. Didn't work. Didn't care for it. A really forgettable. They, they, they tried it. It's, yes, forgettable, right. but they tried. They tried. I think I it's know. Daniel Craig was in that one, right? Or the no, second no. one? Daniel Craig was in the first one trying to do his best the first American one. accent. Jared right. Butler was in it though. Like, really okay. Jared Butler before he became Leonidas. You know what I mean? That was a. I thought that him, right. he and, and Angelina Julie, when they were together, had, had some nice chemistry there, though. But that story okay. just took a long while to get rolling, but it was just, okay, we had to go here, and then we had to end up with some kind of James Bond slash mission. That's the thing. The, the film really felt like a Mission Impossible 2, especially Mission right. Impossible 2. It had, it had like that. I don't know. Right. It just didn't feel like the Tomb Raider game. Is it really like you took the character of Lara Croft and put put her in a city, basically, instead of in the jungle searching for stuff? That, that was the problem with the Creole life. And then the actual right. Creole life, the actual reveal was just like, okay, well, you're going to Africa and um, G- um, Digimon Houston was there. For like yeah, yeah, Jaiman Houston. Jaiman Houston, sorry, was there. I was like, okay, this is it. This is the Creole life. This is the big reveal. Okay, what? Whatever. But yeah, yeah I, I do but- agree with you. It, it, it didn't really live up to the first one goofy as the first one was at least it was way better than the creator life i mean admittedly right right yeah uh yeah so there's i just so ready again it's what is again much like with mortal kombat one and two right you know yeah exactly it, it yeah it really it, it was one good interesting but yeah they just kind of already put you know effort it and well with this new movie can i get some of the same nonsense though with the first film it's like it's admittedly more polished i suppose but still like aimless i i'd actually agree with you to to to, to the extent right um but mm. let me just run through the, the 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 plot without revealing too much right so right. um we are introduced to to lara croft i don't want to make the mistake that certain reviewers like on youtube saying they all say laura croft laura croft you know, so I'm going to say Lara. I'm going to make the effort to say Lara. But anyway, so Lara Croft, who is played by um, Oscar winner Alicia Vikander, yeah. which is funny yeah. because her husband, Michael Fassbender, 
starred in one of your sorry in in one of your picks for worst movies of uh, of twenty sixteen, which was Assassin's Creed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you imagine that, huh? So yeah. um, she plays Lara Croft. She is she the best. Like, she's she somebody best on somebody worse because she was an ex machina. So like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, right. Um, so she is a bike courier in um, in England, basically. Um, she is aware that she, you know, she 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 is um, she can't inherit her her, her late yeah. father's and um, you know property and all that kind of stuff. But she kind of doesn't really care. And then eventually she does. And then when she actually goes into the 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 famous uh, Croft Estate. Um, and goes into the building. She learns some more stuff about her father. Basically, um, basically her father, Richard Croft, who's played by um, Dominic West, of all people. Yeah. I was like, yeah. hey, McNulty, boy. Ah, okay, you in the show too. I, I kind of forgot that from the trailer. The trailer came and went for yeah. me, so I, I was surprised to see him here. But anyway, so um, apparently he was on this um, on this mission, well, this exploration, basically, in this um, this island off of the... Off of, um, Basically, it's in round by Japan, basically, so round in the Pacific Ocean, basically, um, and it's dealing with this um, this ancient um, supernatural figure by the name of Imiko. Uh, right. Basically, it's like this witch, basically, this Japanese witch or something like that, or sorceress, I should say, right? Um, and he was um, apparently you know, missing, so everybody assumed that um, that he died there, right? So. She finds herself um, trying to find out the whereabouts of her father, trying to figure out what's going on with this whole Himiko, um, you know, this whole Himiko journey. And then she finally finds herself on the island while the, the ship itself that she's in crashes, you know, which is um, right from the game itself. Well, this is where the game actually starts. But, you know, we, we do get this sort of long, you know, introduction into, um, into Lara Croft and her life, which I'll get into with my review. Um, so she's on the island and she confronts the evil uh, Matthias Vogel, who is played by yeah. Walton Goggins of all people. Yeah, yeah, boy. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll talk about I'll talk about Matthias as well too. And yeah, she realizes that he's evil, and you know she's um, she's captured. And then she makes this little effort to, to escape, and then from there she's um, she's on the run. She just ends up in one scenario after the next, and then slight spoiler: she runs into her dad, who is like still there, but pretty much he's given up on the journey. But now she kind of has to persuade him to continue on, and together they have to you know find the tomb of Himiko and all the secrets inside there before it's too late. Yeah. Right. So, thoughts on on um on this new Tomb Raider movie. What, what do you think about the movie? Uh, yeah. Again, this is not the worst thing ever. But again, it it just you know I don't know what to think about because it, again you feeling like it it's one of those it just feeling like because it's so sequel bait. You just is an ad for another movie. No, so that was one problem I had with it. Um, yeah, they didn't, didn't really do anything with this. Like she was unnecessary. Right. Yeah. Now she and she wasn't bad as as dark. I think she was okay cast. Well, I'll say she above this material, frankly. But true. But um, I, as I, a, honestly, I think she was great though. I think she right. She was great. She, she she held the movie um, reasonably well, in my opinion. But for the most part, I, I, I this um this as a film just didn't structure particularly well. Uh, I could I couldn't really get myself to care for it again. It just feels too much like an ad for another movie. Um, you know that's the problem. It it, it, it feel. I want to go as far as it feel a little bit like the mummy in that sense. Oh wait, wait, you you were really going to compare this to the mummy? 
Yeah, oh, it, it, in terms of just, at least the intention. Okay, okay, okay. At least oh, the working intention. Yeah, it's like you know, they don't pa- they don't they don't decide to plan ahead uh, instead of making a good movie. But she herself was okay. Um, Walter Goggins was alright, although I think in the game uh, he was um, a little different, same character. Um, yeah, he was, so I'm not sure. Actually, a lot more theatrical with it. He was more like a mad, like you know, a mad. Um, basically, because he was so obsessed with him, Akuna. It, he right. kind of came off more theatrical. It's like, well, I must unleash, unleash the power of Himiko. And he was just like talking louder. But uh, one thing, well, just uh, to, to cut it there for a bit, well, since we talked about um, the villain, um, with the game, personally, I felt I didn't really care for Matthias at all because his character would just show up every once in a while. Like, it would be because you're following Lara, because of Lara's journey, is if she ends up at X point and Matthias is there. It's like, okay, well, he will see what he had to say. It's like, stop, and all that kind of stuff. Now. But it wasn't yeah. really about Matthias' Matthias's uh, evil plan. Now. So here when I saw him there, and I was like, I have a feeling he's Matthias. And then he says, yes, I'm Matthias Vogel. I, I'm not surprised. But here I felt, um, once again, I didn't care for the villain at all. And with this movie here, um, unfortunately, I felt that um, Goggins almost... It's almost like he didn't have much to do. Just yeah, he was kind of sleep- evil, talking yeah, evil, and that was it. He was kind of sleepwalking through the role, no? Like I'm not the biggest Goggins fan because the last time I remember him was in um this movie, no? The uh, he 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 played right him in, in in that film. Man. It that right, yeah. but in this I was like, well, you just kind of want to be here to like holy shit. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I don't know. It's it's just clearly is the material that they give him here, um, but. Just, just positives. I just want to get out of the way. Um, so, for one thing, yeah, I thought that um, Elisa Vikander um, did her, her best with this role. I thought that she, 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 I thought that she, she really elevated the, um, the, the movie itself thanks to her performance. Um, she was believable. She was, um, I don't want to say relatable, but she was likable as well. Um, she, she had the, the sort of athletic. You know, um, body body frame down like you know with this new uh, from the um, the Tomb Raider reboot basically. So I like how they get that. Um, I don't know if she did all of her stunts, but you know the stuff that she does, the physical stuff, looked very much um, believable to me. Right. Um, so I love to think that Alicia did a majority of her stunts. I would love to think so actually. Um, and even though I wouldn't say that her character was um, was you know you know complex or fully fleshed out i did like what they what they did yeah i did see what they were going for um i felt personally well just to go into pacing which is another israeli film i felt that the film take too long to get to the island it was like a full 15 minutes or so of her talking about uh, finding out stuff about her dad and all that kind of stuff right and then this painfully painfully unnecessary scene with her and her bikuria friends and some kind of um you know, some kind of race through the streets of London involving right. some kind of fake fox steel and some paint. I was like, wondering, like, what was the point of all this? What is this going to lead up to? Is it going to lead up to some chase in the jungle later on, really? But then at first I was telling myself, okay, maybe this is like a nod to the first Tomb Raider movie because there was this one scene which when, when I saw it, I was laughing at it because just so, you know, 2000s, right? Where you had um, Lara Croft riding at top speed with this motorbike through this bridge, you know, basically, you know, um, to get to some museum place, whatever it is. And it's like this real, you know, cliche techno music in the background. Now. So right. I'm wondering if that was a reference to that movie. Also, too, 
the inclusion of um, of of Lara's father, Richard, right? I yeah. thought that was like a. I I assumed, or well, at least to me, I, I felt that was a nod to the to the first film as well. You know, with um, right. Angelina and her real life father, that, yeah. John Voight, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because in the game we don't see her father. Well, I don't know if her father That's shows fine, up no. in the sequel because I haven't played it yet, but. I see what they were trying to do there and then again with the whole team that they were setting up with the whole father-daughter dynamic thing which uh kind of didn't need but it was there I was like all right cool so you're gonna play the whole I love you daddy I love you whatever you know Lara that kind of stuff uh, I, I, there wasn't any need for it to be honest I felt I wish it could have just been um Lara just surviving on her own but I'm glad that we didn't have those um those friends of hers from the game itself remember they were like um, three friends who went with her on some on the same trip and they were over at the ship trying to trying to rebuild it and she was just doing all these uh, missions i felt yeah. like the friends were just there for the sake of being there <laughs> like there was no need for them to be there but I'm glad in the movie they are non-existent at all um another positive the visuals i thought the visuals were were, were, were great Really, well, you know, okay. especially the 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 um the the jungle scenes, the way how the island look. Um, some of the the storm scenes I thought looked pretty cool. There were some like bright flashing lights that didn't make any sense, but um, yeah. you know, visually it's it's it's, it's competent. I'll say that much. Um, one great, uh, oh yes, and the recreation of certain scenes from the uh, from the game I thought worked. Like for example, the rusty plane, um, the waterfall. Right. Where they kind of integrate those two together, the waterfall. Mm-hmm. If you play the game, it's the waterfall, and then it kind of leads to her in this um, parachute. I hate that right, level, by yeah. the way. I hate that goddamn level. Um, but so you have your parachute stuff. You have her running, and of course, you have her with the bow and arrow. You have her with that pickaxe as well. Yeah. And in the end, with the sequel bit, which I'll get into at the end, you do see with the two gun stuff, right? Which we know from the old games and from the Angelina Jolie films. Um, yeah. One gripe, though, as, as you know, as, as somebody who enjoyed the first game. Not enough jungle scenes with with Larado, right? It's almost like um, because of how poorly the, the the film was paced, it's just like okay, she in the jungle, she do what she had to do, and then all of a sudden the last half hour is her in this in Himiko's cave or tomb, wherever it is, trying to figure out puzzles and stuff like that. It's like not enough jungle stuff. That I think that really what made the game work is the jungle stuff. Her being out there in the wild trying to survive you know what I mean that kind of stuff I felt like the movie didn't give me enough of that you know right right Uh, once again I say the villain didn't really you know do anything from her Um, some of the side characters didn't do anything from her Um, Dominic West I mean he's there he he do do his thing but I felt honestly it's it's either one or two things either he shouldn't have been in the movie altogether or could have given him some more to do so that's my opinion on it um and then the the last arc itself, the the, the two arc ultimately didn't really wow me Like, right, yes, it had some great moments, you know, some life or death situations here, but it didn't really have many edge of my seat. That was just more like, yeah, but wish he had more jungle stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I I yeah. felt yeah. This again, this overall felt flat for me. Um, you know, again, it didn't feel like a movie. It just felt like, well, okay, this is what they're doing with it, yeah. and it again. It, it they so sequel beat all our ahead of time instead of counting the eggs that I, I couldn't really get into it as a product on its own. Right. Um well just just right. well just before we get to written, right? So about about the sequel beat in here, right? And then we'll get to written. Um there was no need for that to be honest. The 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 big reveal, like I was watching this thing, I swear to God, I was telling myself, but 
but he does get his saw music and play there. Right. Because the way how it edited is all like, well, you remember what he said? Remember what she said? Remember that yeah. document and all that kind of stuff? It's like, oh, yeah. it's actually it's that bullshit. Person. And I was like, wait, this is so I watching here. What the hell is this? Yeah, exactly. It's and like then, trouble. And not stop at that point, and I was like, okay, you're you're gonna end it like that. All right. But then we have this um this post well this pre credit scene actually and slight spoiler that's where you see Lara with the two guns I was like yeah. okay so you're 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 clearly hinting at a sequel here all right kind of I kinda, as kinda I said but we didn't need that sorry I don't know see again another thing too is that Alicia Vikander just feel like again I think she above this material frankly but the, you say she was good for it yeah it does feel like she. Just doing this one for the paycheck, like yeah, you know. Well, these well I mean, good. I mean, she she committed, she committed, and that's no, no, yeah, she because she, she do she, Oscar, Oscar all it costs you, like, right? But she do, she 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 did a great job. I I find personally, right? No, she did, and she's like a kind of working human canvas, in my opinion, because she really looks good with all of the beat up, you know, all of the makeup for Scarlet and whatnot. Yeah, um, yeah, that stuff does. looks good, and, and as if you know, works in the world reasonably well, especially in the context of the new video games. Uh, where's the return for this? Yeah. Uh, for me, I would give this a very light three out of five. It was alright. It was alright. It was alright. Um, it doesn't have the the cult pulpy goodness of the first um Lara Croft Tomb Raider movie, right. but it does really. Um, you could tell that the 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 creators, well, the director and stuff like that, they try to stay true to the to the twenty thirteen reboot. So for that, right. I give them a pass for that. It's just the problem is is that there was i mean the, the, i would admit the story in that wasn't really all that perfect but it was it was enough for you to really care about the character and for you to play yeah. the game to the end so at least they, what they could have done was just stick to that but instead they want to add more backstory to lara and this thing with her dad which i felt dragged on and it's all about the dad and the dad 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 dad, dad. it's like no it's about you know survival and anything not this whole i love you daddy kind of stuff i felt right. really dragged on the film um also if you want to have a, a, a villain make him a little bit more give him a lot more life give him more meat give him something to do instead of just like scowling and stuff like that and you know looking tough and acting tough they could tell that he just don't want to be in the movie um, but yeah, with all those flaws aside, I imagine fans of the of the game itself, of the characters, uh, would find at least something to enjoy in this. Um, it's right. not perfect by a long shot, but I would say it is one of the better uh, video game to film adaptations we've gotten in quite some time, and that that is saying a lot. Right? Okay, I get this one a high CC. It's um, okay, which is I funny because that's to... why I went to see it. Uh, and right. And I had the, the misfortune of seeing it in 3D, you know, some stuff, but um, this should sure. need to be in 3D, though. I don't yeah, tell about that whole plane scene needed to be in 3D. No, it did not. It did yeah, not. Yeah, pointless. Pointless. Uh, yeah, I did, well, I didn't see it in 3D. I didn't see it on normal screen. Uh, yeah, this, it just felt flat for me. I just couldn't get into this one. Again, it looked good, but it's, at this point in the discussion, we really need to do better than this when it comes to video game movies. So I couldn't get this one. I couldn't get into this one. It fell flat. Again, Vikanda was okay, but again, I just think she was above this material, frankly. So she need to be here. They could have, I, I'd imagine if they get worse, they couldn't get a worse actress, because that actress would have probably fucked up royally. Yeah. Um, so they needed somebody above the material, I suppose, but she was way too above the material with this one, but whatever. Uh, yeah, that's high CC8. I didn't hate this, but they could have do better. Yeah, but um, in, in closing, well, two things actually. So first off, um, so with this hint of a sequel, which I, I kind of was like, we really need a sequel for this. 
Um, here's hoping that they actually do the material more justice and it really does feel and live up to the Tomb Raider name uh, for one thing and secondly I mean you had to admit Ricardo this was this was better than Assassin's Creed. I know I haven't seen Assassin's Creed. Oh no, yeah, Assassin's Creed sure is this was this much better. much much better. Yeah, Assassin's Creed was like a complete like you know clusterfuck. I mean, nothing about that movie made sense or worked. And just, I mean, they just, I mean, talk about a string of bad decisions. I mean, if I I would have been more pissed if I actually liked the Assassin's Creed franchise, but I don't, so it's fine. Yeah. But I mean, to me, when I was watching my Assassin's Creed, I was like, wow, uh, Michael Fassbender, what is you doing? Yeah. Like this, I mean, that dude seriously to fire his agent. Like, <laughs> there's a bunch of fuck ups after fuck ups. He just get man in this snowman. It's yeah, an right. extra bullshit. Whatever. See, see, probably what's the show here is like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but anyway, so last but not least, way. Yeah. Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah. So before we get into this movie here, so um. I, w- I will talk about um, my my history with Pacific Rim, right? The first film. Um, I saw this in IMAX when it came out in 2013. I had yep. a blast with this movie. I, I own the Blu-ray for this. And, you know, for me, I would I would strongly say that if you are building your, your Blu-ray collection or yet don't have this in, in your collection, you need to have it. This is one of those shows that looks very polished. The visuals are amazing. And that sound design, oh my God. This is one of those movies you just have to crank your volume up to 11 and just enjoy the barrage of just noises that you hear from, you know, these, the kaiju and the Jaegers and all that kind of jazz. Stuff. But um, just about the movie itself, for me, um, seeing that it was directed by, you know, my boy Guillermo del Toro and co-written by him, actually, um, I thought that it was right up his alley, but also it was a little risky as well because, you know, it's not the more artistic stuff like he did before like say um like say what you do later on with uh with crimson peak what he did before that with um which shows like you know the the devil's backbone and, right. and all that kind of stuff this is more big budget hollywood stuff and he has done it before well more small scale like with blade 2 and hellboy and hellboy 2 but this one was like you know a full extension of what he was trying to do with Hellboy one or two, just broadening yeah. that 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 scope now. Now um, talking about Hellboy here now, for me I felt that um, the first Pacific Rim felt like Hellboy, where it's not a gripe actually, but I I do understand in terms of just creativity, is where you're introducing viewers to a whole new world, right? You're doing this world building all that kind of stuff. But you want to try new things or you want to try new characters. But, you know, you're not giving him too much time and stuff like that. So you're kind of like, okay. It's almost like he just approached it like baby steps, basically. It's like, all right, I'll try this out. If this don't work, then I will not have this in a sequel, right? So, seeing it with Hellboy, with certain characters and certain um, certain plot points, you got that here with uh, with Pacific Rim. The idea of the Jaegers, how the, you know, the whole neural handshake and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and... I would admit, like the first time I saw, it, I was like, okay, two pilots, psychological, um, telepathically controlling this thing. This makes no sense. But they explain it in such a way, where, and you sh- and they show it, not just right. explain, it, but they show it, and it's like, okay, I could buy into right. it now. So overall, yeah, but- well, overall, in a nutshell, the premise is silly. Like when you think about it, it's silly. But yeah, it has this. Yeah, wonder, wonder why they can't just use. Yeah, from a war, from a war world building standpoint, it makes very little sense. Yeah, but yeah. it's like whatever you wonder, like why they just can't use nukes or they can't just use 
jets or whatever it is like normal. Right? Never yeah, made yeah, sense. Yeah, Why yeah. does he need a big punchy robot? Exactly. But no one cares. Exactly. You just want to see a big punchy robot. That's it. Because, uh, well, cause, cause, well, uh, well, just uh, to round things up here. Because for one thing, it gave you exactly what you expected. That whole Saturday morning anime yeah. what versus monster stuff. But also what I love the most about it was the... You could tell that this... There was there was a passion to it. So there was there was love for it, you know, especially from Del Toro and you know his his fascination of monsters and stuff like that. The right. care and detail that he put into not just the kaiju designs but also the Jaeger designs. You know what I mean? You could tell that this man was passionate about this series, uh, about the world of of Pacific Rim, and I saw that yeah. with this movie, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's one of my personal favorite Del Toro movies. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, Solid is, is again is one of those people you can tell again a passion project, but he above the material talent wise. Of course, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I I somewhat involved enjoyed the first film. Um, I just thought some of the action was a bit too slow for me, frankly, but it worked for the most part. You have to get a sense of big giant robots moving around. Yeah, um, the scale of it, the camera right. angles work perfectly. Yeah, he knew right. He knew how to how to shoot it, how to pace out the story, and it worked worked, worked reasonably well in my opinion. Yeah. Um. I I was not I'm not the biggest fan of the franchise, frankly, because again it's just a little too we see it with Neon Genesis Evangelia, we see Gundam, we see all of these things before, and this didn't really bring anything to the table. I was particularly interested. Idris Elba was a badass in it, it was great. Of course, uh, yeah, some yeah, great... that famous, um, that famous right. speech. Right. You know, Which is a little derivative from independence. Yeah. A little derivative from independence, but whatever. Um and yeah, it it, it the movie worked for the most part. Mokimar um was his, sorry, as in Oh, you mean the actress who who uh, who, who played Mori, uh, uh, Rinko Kikuchi? I thought she was right, great. Yeah. though. like her her right. English, um, how she spoke English. I, I was right. It was great. They gotta tell yeah. they gotta tell the story a little differently in terms of structure, like where who was supposed to say what and when, uh, um, yeah. and who whose perspective should I go by, um, to tell a better story. But still, it's stitched together reasonably well, um, and I had a lot of fun with it. And, um, yeah, and Charlie Hunnam, I know some people hate him, but I thought yeah, that he, he, was, he was pretty good. He was pretty good in this. Charlie, yeah. well, yeah, Charlie, Charlie Humdrum. Um, oh, Lord. He, I don't know. I, I, for me, I think it's just because that I watched um, Sons of Anarchy and enjoyed it. That's why okay. I, could, I could stomach him as an actor. Some people who never watch the show might watch shows like this and, you know, King Arthur, which we reviewed last year, and be like, yeah, yeah. He, he's just terrible. But I just see him as like, all right, he's, he's not bad. No, this is my opinion. Right. Yeah, but um, but I, yeah. Video, uh, I just love the visuals. I love the 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 robot on monster action. It was just yeah. so insane and over the top. And one thing that I loved also was the visual aesthetic of it. The whole dark neon colors that they use here, which um, with, well, this film here is like a star contrast from it. But I'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you just wanna okay. So before we jump into um, uprising, so. We were hearing talks about a sequel for for a long while, right? Like, okay, yeah. well, maybe maybe get Del Toro wants to do a sequel. Then again, maybe he might do a Hellboy three, and then he said, "No, you're not going to do a Hellboy three. Somebody else going to do a Hellboy three. And then, no, I'm not going to do Pacific Rim two. And I was like, "Oh God, right. really, dude? You, yeah, you were the reason he, why the show worked, but he's, he's probably one of those. He's one of those in Hollywood who just have a ton of ideas and that will apparently never get done. So." You know, I was surprised that Pacific Rim even got off the ground, and yeah, people, yeah. Wa- people really wanted it to, to to exist. But again, because I thought Pacific Rim didn't really do anything that interesting with the whole kaiju mech stuff, I was it, it, too it was excited for sequel. Come on, I, I think I right, think, but I still, think that's the that's the, the big selling point. It's still I wasn't. <laughs> that's nice, but I was still not 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 too hyped for it. But anyway, right, we ended up not doing. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not doing this sequel. I was like, okay, I was largely nonplussed about that. Um, by that point, um, about she moved with the house. I forget the name of the... Uh, Crimson That came out. Crimson Peak, right? That came out at that point, and I was like, all right, cool. And anyway, you know, he was pushing for the mountains and madness stuff, but then we heard he was doing a, a somewhat... Um, derivative style monster movie but we don't know exactly what it was and well that went on to win an Oscar yes uh, so he now could tell anybody anything but it's it, it's good timing and marketing to put out you know this specific movie and starring well John Boyega right yeah um, and also this time directed by um, Stephen S. The Knights right who, um, well he directed um, episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, right. Angel Recently, the um, some episodes of Daredevil, and this right, right here is his first uh, feature film uh, the, right. um, directorial debut. Yeah, yeah. And so to jump into this uh, movie, yeah. well, uh, what, 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 what is Uprising about? Well, uh, I don't want to get into that. Just to talk about it two seconds. Uh, you know, Boyega is like the only mainstream black star who not in Black Panther, <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, he, he get a headline his own his own mainstream franchise, and he just jumps off of the events of this. So yeah, anyway. To get into this film, it's basically jump. I don't know, it's what ten years after the events of the first film. Yeah, it's ten years. It's ten years. Right. So it's basically they well, um, what's his character name? Um, um his name is uh, Jake Pentecost. Pentecost, right? Pentecost. Pentecost. Pentecost son. Right. Pentecost son. Who died in the last yeah. film? Yeah, Pentecost son is a kind of weird loose man. He partying all the time, hustling, and basically um, he's oh yes, also trying to steal. Um, old Jaeger parts basically right to like sell black market basically yeah. right it's easy to make money and then what happens that you find some girl who's building she own Jaeger yeah that's sort of shenanigans and adventures they get catch um, with the new Jaeger with Jaeger because apparently making Jaeger's only one is illegal which makes sense and they basically find themselves having to train a bunch of new generation of recruits um, involving this new Jaeger program but what happens is that they're on the edge of being kind of out, ousted by a drone a drone program that'll be uh, a big difference and apparently a single person could handle the drones in the, in the, could handle the drones which I don't really see why they would um, be ousted of a job because like yeah you're just still training to be a pilot anyway yeah. you just want to be in the damn eager mm-hmm. so whatever um, anyway you find out it's a big plot I don't want to it's a twist I don't want to sell out um, but it's a good logical extension of the events of the first film and it makes a lot of sense actually in my opinion and then what happens is that they had this big mystery involving a new Jaeger, well, apparently an evil Jaeger, and we, they're not sure who it was, and they solved this mystery. Uh, certain characters come and go in it, we're not sure what went on. I don't, again, I don't want to spoil that. And you're going to have to get the new team together to fight the new monsters, um, as you see in the trailers. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it. I don't want to, if you talk about I can't talk about too much of the plot because it has some decent enough twists in it. It's just film as a film itself is just so well bad so well so badly edited um so poorly put together and so poorly stitched together and just generally bad filmmaking but i like the premise and i really enjoy the action in this um for the most part um but yeah what's your take on this boy <coughs> so um ah, positives out of the way right john yeah. boyega i thought that he was yeah. he was great as jake Pettigrew. yeah he's good in- uh, he he was he was charming. He just yeah. he just oozes charisma. Um, yeah, he had he had some decent laughs as well, and I really right. did feel his character as well in terms of he does not he does not want to be his father. He says that like within the first minute of the movie, he is not yeah. his father. He does not want to be his father, right? He doesn't want to be a hero, 
So you do see where he kind of gets involved with this new Jaeger program. We just kind of play him by the motions, basically. He just doing it, and then he just leaves. But he does not want to be a hero. But eventually, of course, he has to step up to rise to the occasion. So I like that. It is a character growth. Um, Gil um, Kaylee Spini, I believe that's how you pronounce the name. She plays right. um, Amara. I thought that she was she was she was she was pretty good. Um, right. She at, at for a second she reminded me of the Latina girl from um well, my worst yeah. movie of twenty sixteen, which was Transformers. Oh, I, I couldn't help but think of her because she was she was character I was thinking of exactly when yeah. seeing her for the first time. But fortunately, um, she had purpose in the movie. They didn't just throw her in for the hell of it. At least she. Right. They had up recruiting her basically. What you didn't mention that they had up recruiting her into this um this young cadet kind of program. Yeah, the cadet program, right? Yeah, yeah. Because the idea is that with you know as you're younger, you don't have to worry too much of these memories because um, right. in terms of the yeah, is that the link? Is that the link with other younger? Yeah, especially like if you have like a really like a scarring memory that could really mess things up, especially when you're trying right. to sync together before you go out to battle, right? Right. Um, uh, who else? By um, I, I appreciated the the appearance of um, Rinko Kikuchi again. She plays Mako. Right. She's yeah. like the, the the older sister, quote unquote, of um of Jake. Even though well, she's adopted. Adopted. Um, yeah. Uh, Scott Eastwood boy. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. yeah. He, he's he's a pretty boy that just right. so I, I do give a shit up. at all. I know it's just so sad. Though. It's like. You will never live up to your. But he, he is what three big franchises again too, and all of them yeah, you don't give a fuck about. Um, no, he was in he was in Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. He was in Fast and Fast Eight, right? Fast movie, and now yeah. this movie here. I don't, uh, know, I don't give a shit. I don't know if he had to just give this man a dramatic role and make. No, stop! Try stop trying to make him happen. No, but that, that was happening. You have second second generation stars. You know, you know, we can write actor. This acting is not genetic. Sorry. So, acting a lot of acting is just straight up luck. Yeah. And you know, I, I have some talent, and you could yeah, you could learn some tricks on your parents, maybe. But yeah, mm. he do hold a candle to what your father could do. So it's like nobody give a shit. Totally. And um, in this, I, I, it was I, I still terrible. Like, I kind of like the dynamic that they give with him and Jake. So it's like right. So work together. So like Jake kind of leaves. So now Jake just kind of takes shots at Nate, and Nate is all like, "Well, you know, we have to stay focused." So it's that kind of back and forth thing. It made yeah. some. It's made for a couple of good moments. But I mean, it wasn't too much. So fortunately for that, um, Jing Tian, um, really attractive um, Chinese actress, uh, saw her in Kong Skull Island. Well, her right. character was wasted, in my opinion. She was in that Great Wall movie that yeah, I yeah. uh, forgot about. But yeah, yeah that's um, about it. Her, her, her character was pretty interesting. Well, she's the one who more or less helmed this um this, the, this the drone program. This drone program, basically, right? Yeah, her thing. Um, the last character I want to talk about, by Charlie Day, right? Uh, there's something involved with him in the story, and I right. thought I, I actually, actually like what they do with that. Um, the premise, at least, but okay. I like the premise. But yeah. it, again, this this movie is so sloppily done and sloppily put together. Um, it's really a shame that they couldn't get a better filmmaker to stitch this idea together because the premise is a good premise, um, but the the it is so badly done. Yeah, uh, well, well, that's that's what I was gonna get at actually, because I, I do agree with you, right? Um, so him and oh yes, Burn Gorman who played um, Doctor Herman Gottlieb, they they show up. See, like what I was saying before with with Hellboy trying new things, I felt that 
Charlie Day and, and Burn Gorman was like two of the experiments in the film where it's like, well, right. we gotta have these, these Avatar Costello characters, but I wonder if they'll work, boys. So let me just put them in the film and have them do this stuff they, and see what happens. And if people like it, we'll bring them back. So right. I guess people did, and they're back in this film. Um, Gottlieb is there, but he doesn't do much, which is, I, I mean, whatever. But Charlie, though, he, I mean, his character, though, is still that kind of high-pitched, kind of loud character, really animated. But, um, yeah. and then they do something with him, which is reminiscent of what happened with him in the first movie, involving um, a, a, a kaiju brain, that's all I'll say. Um, right. But the twist in it caught more of guard yesterday, and I liked it, right? I liked it. But then, the way how it was executed even further, like, when you when you when when it, when the film stops and it asks, well, why did this ha- why why did this happen? It just didn't make any sense for me. It just did not work at all. No, well, I again, again, I don't want to get into spoilers, but yeah, pretty much, I actually like the idea of what they do with it. But then the problem is that it had to stitch this together to have it make better sense. That's and, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, right. And, and to me, and then one 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 problem is that they had to just think think about the central argument about. Why they couldn't do this in the first film? It's like, wait, what? Why didn't they just do this in the first film? Right. Because that should have been a thing, right? Wasn't it happening for years? That's the so, thing. Like, it right. So the nowhere, right? That's all. Right, saying. right. That, that was um, kind of dumb, and they just do this big info dump, which didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really have a problem with all of that. Right. To me, um, look, this this movie is, is a is a is complete trash, but it's my kind of complete trash. Um, it has happened to to. to to my sensibilities because I really enjoyed a lot of the action. In fact, all the action sequences was kind of badass in this. Right. Uh, I, was gonna, I was gonna get to that actually yeah, for one thing. So I, I do I do like the action scenes here. Like at, at first I was worried about how the daylight scenes would work because I love the nighttime neon lit aesthetic of the of the first film. But yeah, right. the daytime shots actually work. It, it, it yeah, it looks great. It looks great. It really does. Yeah. Right? Um and I thought the visual effects for what it's worth were pretty good. Good, yeah, they look good. Yeah, I, I, it's still cartoony, but it looks yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the Jaegers themselves, yeah, they look yeah. cartoony. They have their own little skill set and whatnot. It looks goofy, whatever, but somehow they make it work. But I'll talk about some bits of the action season a bit, right? But now onto problems, right? So let me, all right, so let me actually get to the action scenes themselves. Uh, remember, remember a little movie called Man of Steel, Dread? Yeah. I remember when people was real complaining about how Sodden Superman was just destroying Metropolis right. and all that damage and destruction and how oh, yeah. lies and property damage and all that kind of stuff. Well, this one here and this movie, they take that to a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah, they, they did not. Just, yeah, well, this not movie, this movie yeah. actively did give a fuck, eh? They did not give a shit out. Yeah. Yeah, they did like. Oh, uh, okay. Like, there's one scene where. <laughs> Slight spoiler, they are using buildings. It's a slow, yeah. <laughs> throwing building after building yeah. on a kaiju. I tell myself, I wish yeah. I'd like talking out loud in my head and I was like, but that's a business place. That's a business place. That's a business, business place. What are you doing? Why are you? you know? People work there. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, business is And then yeah, I remember when like, they use this, this anti gravity whip thing to yeah. rope up some cars and they throw the cars into a ball and. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just insanity. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, the pacing I thought was was atrocious. Not good at all, though. Like, yeah. I was really checking my watch, asking myself, yeah. where are the kaiju and yeah. the fights I was promised 
in the trailer. I'll talk about that trailer as well. Remind me. Because um, in the first film, you got that. You got Kaiju versus Jaeger. Kaiju versus Jaeger. Well, that's the, that's the whole point. Of the, but that's the point of the plots. I don't really mind. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, they need to push to stitch it together in terms of the narrative because if they again they needed a better filmmaker behind this like yeah, that would have been yeah. that would have not be a problem if it, if, it, if it was working on the plot because again it works as a sequel in principle right like if I didn't read this script I'd be like it's not that bad though but then when it's kind of actual edit and execution they fuck it up royally you know? yeah, yeah. Um, um, they just had great set pieces and then they had okay character chemistry yeah but then had really really bad Narrative and, and editing process, and you know, as I said, piece in there. Right. Um, um, well, this is well, not Independence Day. Yeah. Well, actually, you're right. Though, uh, yeah, I was I was actually going to expand on that, but you 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 really you 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 are right in terms of those those points. Um, yes, yeah. I would admit, just just like I said, they they have some great ideas, some yeah. great sequel ideas, some great concepts. For one yeah. thing, a rogue Jaeger. Never saw that right. before. That's pretty interesting. Um, the idea of a Jaeger on Jaeger fight, we never saw that before. I think that right. works too. Um, the idea of the drone program, I think, is an interesting idea too. Yeah. But then you kind of had to think about, well, okay, well, we still have these these Jaeger, these old Jaegers still. So, like, okay. Because, I mean, if, it, if they set it up like Jaegers are just too old and now we have drones. Like, but the, kind of uh, right, and they could have... Sense, but now that you have Jaegers and a cadet program and now you have this... Chinese corporation doing drones like at the same time it's like um okay why <laughs> right they didn't as I say they didn't they didn't take this out the way they should have and as, as I keep well, I keep re- repeating myself a better filmmaker could have sit down and say alright this is how to make this work and have it flow yeah. a little you punch, you punch up the script a little bit and say okay make change this part of the script because the idea of the old Jaegers being retired was kind of interesting they could have do that mm-hmm. but they didn't really do it properly because like no but the, the Jaegers still being well maintained and, and well funded and everything like that so you don't get a sense of time pass or anything like that um uh what call it Maki what is Maki Moro Mori Mo, yeah right Mako Mori Mako Mori right Mako Mori Mako Mori yeah she know they could have her character, but I know they had to. They, they had, she had to serve a purpose, but so and she served the purpose. But she know they could have make make it work in terms of the time being passed, and you know, really, guess since ten years being passed with it, right. and it was just a um, it was just a, a total, a total, you know, model script. Right? They, I suppose they could have, they had too many arcs going on, and they couldn't write. They had like they couldn't decide. Okay, we need to cut this, and you could keep this, and move that. So you end up just putting everything in one, and it's like now nah, you had to remove more than. Yeah, um, but really, I don't want to put all the blame on um, on, on 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 Stephen S. The Knight. Right. I mean, it is his debut and it shows. But I felt with his um, background, you know, he could have brought some, you know, once again, like Del Toro, but some sensibility to this, you know, some foresight yeah. to this. But this one with this movie here, unfortunately, uh, I hate to see this way. It's almost like they just wanted to make this into the new Transformers. And yeah, 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 totally. The ironic part is that the first movie was not that. It right, exactly. It to be the new Transformers. Like, that one right. came out after that atrocious third Transformers movie, right? So it's like, okay, well, it's like a, a new take of the whole mon- uh, creature. Sorry, the whole mecha thing. But in this case, we have monsters now. Okay, this is cool. But this one here feels like just branding, boy. Like... 
yeah. from from the from the bright aesthetic to the use of of younger characters as well. It's just like okay, we have to make this into the new Transformers, into the new right. Power Rangers. As a matter of fact, this about Power Rangers. I'll just get into that 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 last act um, before I get to it, right? So pacing wise yeah it's it's atrocious right it takes so long to get to to what it is we asked for which was kaiju versus jaeger and i mean i was liking the ideas that we were getting but i felt that it was just so much ideas and it felt like you know badly sit together it's like okay we have this idea here now then we add another one then you have another one and then we're going to bring back this character here and that character there and it just felt so it didn't feel cohesive at all so yeah. the idea checking my watch asked myself okay so are we going to get an actual scene actual you know battle between Jaegers and, and Kaiju and we get to think to the dark boy yeah but boy be careful what you ask for because it just might get it I got that fight boy my god this fight this, this whole that whole scene that whole sequence sorry is insane. Yeah, yeah, like, just over the top nonsense. The equivalent of what I was complaining about with last year's Power Rangers, but I was just more talking about how dumb certain things were, with especially with how the, the Rangers themselves move. This one was just like, okay, like basically with the first movie, there was a fine line between logic and just absurdity. And with all the plot points that they throw in Uprising, there's some logic to it no, but then oh, yeah. something might happen and it'll just flip and then it'll be absurd. Biggest case in point, Charlie D and what they do with him. Right. Logical when you think about it. But then yeah. you flip it and just make it look so dumb and awkward and right. absurd. Yeah. But then this last act boy, that whole fight scene, yes, visually it's a blast. It's fun to watch, but my god, it was dumb. It yeah. was real dumb, and of course the movements of the of the of the um, of the Eagles themselves. I mean, it's fun to watch, and I did find myself caring for the characters when they were getting whooped by these guys. Right, but well, that's the thing. I, I, the fight so again, dumb. the fight was dumb in terms of like certain <laughs> character decisions and what it was making. It's like, wait, why oh, you don't? Oh, yeah, stay? yeah, yeah, definitely. Why don't do this? Why don't do that? Well, I didn't mind because it was when when it got going, I didn't really have any problems with it right. so it's like what well. and, and this last slight spoiler before we get to the to the full um before we get to our rate stuff is why they say Mount Fuji boy right that cracked me I was like oh my god but it's such a job you going there with this yeah yeah you're, you're really going there with this and it's such a it's, it's about like a great a bunch of like kaiju in jokes as well Ricky you saw the little Gundam at a point in this Gundam yes, starts yeah. with Japan um you know stuff like that now, again when you mentioned Mount Fuji the people running away really yeah like ah <laughs> right it's funny to watch right but I, I could help but I mean I, I, sorry I could help but compare this to the movie and to the to the first film sorry and really see that that large dipping quality but I was like wow boy you really dropped the ball here boy. this is not yeah. Like you could clearly see Del Toro was not involved in the creative process. Did well, he was yeah, he was a producer. producer. That was it. But right, that's it. Yeah, you could tell that this man had nothing to do with the creativity here, but it just painfully shows here. Yeah. So ultimately, it is dumb. It is silly. You will get some fun out of it, especially if you like the, you know, that Jaeger stuff. Like it's there, but. I felt that what we were promised in the trailer, which by the way I felt was misleading, because the majority of the scenes that you saw in the trailer was just off of that that last act. Sorry, it is, right? Right. So very misleading for one thing. Um lot of lot of plot points here 
and I understand why they did. I mean, it's a sequel and stuff like that. But once again, it's just an example, a perfect example of bigger doesn't equal better. It's. It, uh, right. I'll just end this off here. It really did remind me of um, like the sequels to Transformers movies, and right. this worries me. You know, like this really did feel like. Um, like um like part two yeah a little bit well i i i, I know to the to i'm the, seeing to what happened with charlie d which right is kind of like a comparison to shalabo's character that's all i'll right. say about that but yeah it, I, it does feel like that i know a handful of people who defend in this movie um it's like I, I heard a couple of people say they prefer this one to the first one which is a bit of a stretch in my opinion um i didn't hate this but yeah it it it, it just really unfortunate somebody more talented and just had a Little better, little better. Let's just say more conscientious. Could have done a better job with this and have it pieced together better. Um, I didn't hate this, but yeah, it just didn't overall uh, work at all. And just yeah. it just needed a better stitching together to make it work. Just cut certain things, cut some bullshit, and yeah, overall, uh, well written time now. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I would give this a strong two and a half out of five. Right. Um, see it if you want to see it. I mean, if you another, if you just like. You know that kind of goofy, cheesy Saturday morning stuff. But yeah. by the way, with a story that tries to take itself too seriously at times. No, okay. The one thing that pissed me off was the last line that John Boyega said is like, "Yeah, that shit don't make any fucking sense with your CD." Oh lord, it's just so goddamn dumb. And this is sequel bit nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Total nonsense. At all, at all. Yeah, overall, yeah, I get us. Um, I, I, well, this, this, uh, the, well, the runs is not for me. I'm um, so. Really wanted to enjoy this movie. I really wanted to to live up to what the first one did. Not just in terms of the visuals and stuff, but just the the passion, you know, the the, the right. conscientiousness of of it all. But to me, it just felt like this branding. It just felt like they wanted to be like the next the next new new Transformers and stuff like that. It painful right. shows. Everybody tried. I mean, but. Just ultimately, just kind of fell flat. Yeah, kind of crappy. Yeah. I yeah, I get this one. I get this one. A high CC it. Um, again, you know, it, uh, it's trash. It's complete trash. But it's my kind of trash. Yeah. And it it you know I just have I just have to do a lot of fun with it. Um, but it was really unintelligently put together. Unfortunately. Yeah, that's the take though. And, and, right. And, you know, as I say, um, you had fun with it. Um, I I mean, I had fun with the first movie. But right. I really don't know if I'll be watching Uprising in a hurry. Though. I'm definitely not going to be buying this on Blu-ray. Nope. Right. Nope. No, no, no. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to be watching this again, to be honest. This last thing's last. Like, I, I know I know for sure um, Del Toro probably will not be jumping back into the director's chair for the next um, Pacific Rim movie, which is a shame. Um, and I don't blame him, actually. I mean, he reached a level now where he don't need to do this anymore. You don't need. Hey, don't we not ask also? Yeah, he yeah he he's beyond that now. But um, yeah, uh, 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 I don't know, but I just have less than high hopes for for this franchise. Well, yeah, now it's a franchise now, so yeah. I I'm not really excited to see what happens next. Sorry. All right. Well, that's how it is. All right. So Ricardo, where can we find you online, buddy? Um, plus, uh, that's R-M-E-D-D-Y, that is at R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter, and then you can just type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook, you can find me there. Alright, you can find me on Twitter as well, just look for Legally Black MJB, MJB uh, capital letters, you can also find me on Facebook, just look for my name, Machibili, alongside a Legally Black blog, official fan base, where you find a link to this podcast as well as the others that we've done before. Also, you can find me on Instagram, just look for Machibili Reviews, and I'm also on Stardust as well, I actually put up my second, um, a second minute long review 
in this case, it is about Pacific Rim Uprising. So, yeah. you know, check that out and check out the app as well, too. It's pretty dope. Nice. All right. So, um, in closing, huge bombshell I got to throw here. Yeah. Uh, next episode is going to be a milestone, baby. Okay. A milestone for the, for this uh, for this series here, because yeah. um, believe it or not, boy, we hit that big one hundred, boy. Nice, nice, the next nice. This episode nice. will be the one hundredth episode of BS Peter Media. Can't believe it. Ooh. This is amazing. Um, and what we'll do, or at least what I plan on doing, unless something else bigger comes up, is um, I had this idea for retrospect, uh, retrospect review. Sorry where uh, we talk about um, two iconic sci-fi movies. In this case, well, we, we spoke about it um, months ago, actually, Ricardo. Uh, these two movies in particular are Planet of the Apes. Right. And 2001, A Space Odyssey. A Space Odyssey. Right. Nice. Which came out on the same day. Yeah. And had apes in it. Third. Yes. And both had apes in it. Yeah. So uh, we will be doing a retrospect review on that. We will talk about... Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind, uh, so, I don't mind rewatching. I don't remember what we were watching either of those films. Yeah, yeah. Um, 2001, I actually have on Blu-ray. I actually have the... the f- I, I, welcome to take of it. I have nearly all of Stanley Kubrick's films because I am a huge, 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 huge fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he is the greatest director that ever lived, right? Um, cool. But Planet of the Apes is one that I haven't watched in, in quite some time, though. Um, that's yeah. That's something that I hated. The film, I, I actually enjoyed it. But um, I know you are a huge fan of it, but I just need... Because, I don't know, for me, it's just comparing that to the, the reboot series, you know? It's it's like that. that that's, right. that's me and this franchise. Like, right. yeah, this one was good, but I kind of like the reboot series, though. But right. um, it is an iconic piece of, um, um, of, of sci-fi cinema as well, just like 2001. So, yeah, we will be talking about both films. We'll talk about if they still hold up to this day. Nice. And, you know, stuff like that. Um, and other stuff to look forward to well at least probably next month um, Ready Player One yeah, right yeah that that's the next big um, the next big push to we'll see what happens with that yeah I am excited for this one I hope it lives up to the hype um, I mean it's been getting some great reviews as far but then again you know it's it's early reviews at the moment now so I'm not gonna put I don't wanna put this movie on a high pedestal as yet but I really do want to see if this lives up to the hype, especially the fact that it's Spielberg directed this film. So, yeah, right. You'll see how that turns out. Cool. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This was Match Beauty and Ricardo Medina, and we are signing off from another episode of BSB to Beauty. So until the next one, take care, peace, peace.